Parrot back. We're live. It's 5 p.m. Uh, here on Issues Alive Asia. This is a new series, and it's appropriate then that we introduce that series to you here on ThinkTech. And for that purpose, we have the producers of the series, uh, and that's Andrew Crilly uh, and, and Jane Johnson. Welcome to the show, you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks. Uh, I haven't seen you in a couple of years, but you've been busy. I know that. And I'd like you to fill me in on what you've been doing over the past couple of years, because I think it relates to the creation of this series, no? Absolutely, yeah. I'll go first and then I'll let my better half take over. Um, as you know, Jay, when we came to you, we uh, had established the new institute, which is a leadership institute for young Hawaiians, and also from uh, students from Asia, in particular Korea, to learn leadership skills. And we did that by means of prestigious lectures. We had people coming from Washington, DC. The Leadership Institute there came and gave a whole series of lectures to hundreds of students over the, over the time that we had, had established it from 2017. But then we took a turn and decided that we would make media much more important in the way that we were doing our business. Because as you know, and as you've practiced over many years, media is most impactful and can reach millions. And so from our BBC experience, we knew that media was gonna be very important in the future of the new Institute. And so we established something called One Korea Network. And I'm gonna hand over to Jane, she'll explain and we've worked with One Career Network. Um, it's, uh, it was set up with the aim of increasing communication between the USA and South Korea so that they could know what news was happening here and we could learn a bit about what's going on over there and spread the messages around the whole of America, really. Um, <clears throat> so we we set up an office in DC. We already have an office in Seoul, and we've got the office here. So between all of us, we we kind of got together, and uh, we developed this series with Frank Gaffney as the main. Uh, He's going to be the host. Yeah, yes. at least right. at least for the initial shows. I, I understand. Yes. that's right. Yeah. Yes. So so might I add? that the activity between Korea and America has been pretty intense. I mean, we've established a strong website with the OKN signature, and that was co-founded by our founder of the New Institute and ourselves to promote this exchange of information. And it's unbelievable the amount of information that is coming out of Korea about their situation, which is turning into something quite you know, uh, shall we say, controversial. And so this website that we have, this newsletter website, has got hundreds, like you, Jay, has got hundreds and thousands of articles that are telling people, particularly for our American colleagues, what's happening in South Korea, in North Korea, and Asia in general. So that activity has been going on for over a year now, with our DC office being fantastically active. They've contacted Congress members, they've influenced people in DC about the state of play in South Korea. And then we came along with this idea that we might have a more 
impactful series using a video interview technique that we'd learned in the BBC in order to get our messages over about North Asia. And so thereby lies the tale that gives the birth to uh, Issues Alive. Hmm. Let's, take a, let's take a sampling. Uh, we, uh, we took uh, two minutes from the, the first two of your shows so we could sample that and, and show our viewers uh, what it's like and what they can expect in terms of uh, the people involved and um, you know the discussions involved. Let's look at the first one for a minute or two. Hello, I'm Frank Gaffney. I'm delighted to be helping present a series of very important conversations with some of the country's best experts on matters involving um, North Asia and the wider world that are very much, I think, of importance to Americans as well as citizens of the world. We're going to be talking today with one of the most eminent authorities on Asia, and in particular on the Chinese Communist Party. His name is Gordon Chang. Gordon, I'm thrilled to have you with me here and to be able to spend a little time talking to you about kind of the big picture that we are challenged by as the Chinese Communist Party moves now, it seems inexorably, into a very dangerous new phase. Just calibrate a little bit with us why that is. Uh, talk a little bit about Xi Jinping, the general secretary of the Chinese Communist Party, the dictator of China, his agenda, and what it portends for us. Yeah, this is a very dangerous combination of events and developments. First of all, the Chinese are very aggressive and belligerent. They believe and they talk about how they should be considered the only sovereign state in the world, that they're the only legitimate rulers. And Frank, this has even gotten out of hand because they're now talking about the moon and Mars as sovereign Chinese territories. So we're talking about the most ambitious rulers in history. Very nice. Very nice production values. Uh, very presentable host and guest, uh, knowledgeable. Uh, so what was going on there, Jane? Um, how did you organize that? What did you launch them on doing? Well, we, uh, we knew uh, Gordon Tang, and we knew that uh, he specializes in China, actually, which you can figure out, probably. And uh, we were persuaded to get in touch with Frank Gaffney, who is, uh, he, he's a really great host, as you can see. So it's, it's more of a conversation than an interview. They get on really well. And I think the, um, the facts that come across, Gordon is so clear in what he says and so persuasive. Um, we, th we think it works extremely well. What, what did you ask them to discuss in that segment? Well, it was really um, a question of how China views itself in relation to the rest of the world. And it's emerging, isn't it? We're, we're all seeing this, that China wants to be on top. It wants to be number one nation at all costs. And so President Xi believes that he has a birthright to become a world leader of every nation, not just China. 
And that was what we were encouraging in that segment, that they would talk about how he intends to view the world, uh, the rest of the world, in relation to his own country. And I think most, most people don't know of that uh, intention from his end. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's funny. I was uh, watching a, a video of uh, the son of Lee Kuan Yew, who runs Singapore now. Oh, yeah. Um, he's a very astute guy. And um, it was a really remarkable discussion. Uh, somebody sent me the link, and I really had to watch it. I had to see what he was saying. I had to compare him with his father, of course. And, uh, <laughs> and, and one thing he said that struck me that, that relates to this discussion today on this show with you is that um, you know the, the American media, the American public, doesn't really understand or care about understanding Asia which is really not a good thing uh, yeah. because Asia, Asia is in many ways a world leader, China especially. Uh, and we have these really perverse ideas about um, you know, where China fits and where the U.S. fits. We're in a sort of contention mode rather than in a mode of trying to really appreciate. I'm not saying that we can be friends, you know, and the farmers and the ranchers be friends. Um, but... <laughs> But, you know, but we can understand China. We can work with China to make a, a kind of detente uh, with an economic, um, you know, and, and trade arrangement. We keep on making mistakes because we do not really understand it, even now, even under the Biden administration. <clears throat> so that's what um, the, the son of Lee Kuan Yew was saying. Well, and I was very yeah. impressed with his sophistication on the issue and the fact that he'd be willing to say that. Mind you, he has to walk a tightrope between China and the U.S. He's oh, yeah. got to be politic. And oh, you yeah. always have to appreciate these discussions in terms of who is being careful about what. You were going yeah. to say? Well, I was going to say that um, we lived in Singapore for 10 years. And I gather you've got some connection because you're very, uh, your reference to the father, Lee Kuan Yew, who is, who is the of course, in charge there. And when his son was uh, working with him, he was just being groomed for the position that he holds so nobly now. And of course, Singapore is an amazing success story. And you will know that 70, 72% of the uh, Singapore population is Chinese. So they are multicultural, but the dominant culture, of course, is, is from China, a particular region of China, Nian province. So, we appreciate everything that he's been saying about the ignorance that we are showing ourselves with relation to the China, Asia, America situation. And this series was really thought of in terms of educating people towards understanding more and more and more about Asia and how important it is to us. And that's why we run it to all these episodes, Jay, in order to make sure that every angle is covered, give people a new perspective on what Asia is, what it does, and what it means to America. Actually, How are you going to go about this? You know, you have the uh, uh, OKN, yep. um, and then you, you'll cover clearly uh, Korea, both North and South, yes. to the extent you can. You'll yep. cover China. You, you're already, uh, you know, you already have footage on that. Yep. Um, and I suppose there are other countries you want to cover. What, what countries would they be, and uh, how will you approach the what do you want to call it? The, the geographical breakdown of Asia? Where will you put you know, your emphasis? 
Actually, I was just going to say it was over 20 years ago when I was involved in a program which was looking at the, the idea that the next century was going to be the Asia Pacific century and, and why it would be. And uh, so we shot a lot of footage in Japan and trying to see why, you know, everything in Asia we, we suddenly discovered was really well organized because they, they work in a different way. And then the factories like Sony and other places, they, they had a very strong quality control. Um, and people would follow certain rules in ways in which in the West they would absolutely would not. So um, anyway, you were asking where else we're likely to go. I think Japan would be really important, right? And Taiwan. We, we have to be very careful about what we uh, teach people about Taiwan because they're very much in the front lines. And, and Japan and Taiwan are bulwarks. They actually are front line. If we don't have the support of those two countries in particular, then the border for a confrontation, if it arises with, with China, is actually the U.S. mainland. And, and of course, on the Korean Peninsula, there's a very, very important alliance with U.S. troops in position, 28,000 of them, that are forming an alliance and protecting, absolutely protecting South Korea from an invasion from the north. So these, these countries, I think what we might say to you, Jane, in response to that is, yes, there are surrounding countries. Think of, think of Russia, Russia, China, uh, North Korea, Iran are adversaries of the USA. Those are the countries that we have to worry about in terms of the way in which they're positioning themselves in relation to our security. So Jane's name, Japan, I think Taiwan is absolutely essential. Mm -hmm. And the four countries I've mentioned are really the important focus of our present series. Mm -hmm. ah, that's good, and that's a good focus because we need to know more. But you said a moment ago, Jane, <clears throat> that you have to be careful. And indeed, you know, uh, Lee Kuan Yew's son was being careful. Um, and uh, people in general will tell you they have to be careful. We, we have hosts who are, uh, you know, from China. Mm, they're careful. They want to go back home. They want to see their families. Absolutely. They, they're very careful of what they have to say. And I, and I wonder what the guardrails are for you. What are the sacred cows? How are you going to navigate the issue of being careful? Uh, in terms of what we're shooting, you mean? Yeah, I mean, you know, you, you know, you guys are news people. You've been involved in BBC News for a lifetime. And, um, you know, you can be very candid and let them have it straight. Or you can be careful uh, in the thought that you know you do want to go back and cover it and get other guests and hosts and what have you. How are you going to navigate that? Well, for one thing, we ask our host uh, Frank to be totally his own man. We don't attempt to to measure him against what we consider to be careful. We intend to judge his performance on his authenticity, how he sees the world in a discussion with a fellow expert and how that expert sees the world. And that's where the nuances of care come in, because they are very, very careful in the words that they use, the way that they choose to present their views is very, very guarded from the outset. And so it's a common understanding that we have. We, we don't do much except to ask Frank, hey, 
Be frank. <laughs> be frank, Frank. Yes. Be frank. <laughs> That's great. Well, you know, I, I want to ask you also about the what do you want to call it? The immediacy of the coverage. Now, right now, you've got several of these programs, uh, these these episodes already made, and and we will show them uh, to the extent that uh, you know they're already in existence. But there'll come a time when you know you'll give us live or you give us um, you know shows episodes that are you know just very very recent. Um, and I wonder what your thought is about the currency of the issues. In other words, if something happens, okay, in China, in Korea, in Japan, uh, that is a front page story, are you going to be able to capture that? You want to capture that? You want to have commentary uh, and reporting on that? Um, you're absolutely right that the issues will come alive and they'll be different. But we've tried to make this series a little bit more permanent than just a totally news item. In, in this discussion, we expect there to be a certain longevity in the way in which these views are held and, and presented. So these, these are the, we consider that these are the key issues. We covered the key issues that are alive at the present time. And that instead of a video or, or a presentation that is here today, gone tomorrow, we expect them to have a certain longevity from the way that they've been recorded. In other words, you're not really seeing something which is a straight face talking to you. We're seeing something which is a conversation that's authentic, very careful, obeys the rules as you would expect, but is also quite alive in the way that it presents the issues. And so, we, as viewers, are really flies on the wall. It's not, it's not, we're listening in. It's not that we're actually being told something, we're listening in, we take it in or not. And that is an element of strength, we think, the way that we've formatted it. And, you know, I, I should say that really, we intend this to be quite a long, you know, standing arrangement that we can get these important guests in, in front of our cameras when the issues do come up. Because of the way that we've shot them, we think what well, we have is certain longevity versus, as I say, here today, gone tomorrow. Yes, less facing ambulances, as they might say, and more getting people to reflect on what is actually happening. And uh, people don't have much time to reflect on events. It's just what's next, what's next all the time so, well give me some examples of um you know general subjects that you've covered in in the ones you've already um had okay yeah sure but just before we do that jay can i add one thing just as you do one one large part of our uh recordings is the personality and the, and the background and the way that the experts have come to their particular way of looking at things and so that also gives the series more longevity, more interest in the in the longer term. I think. Uh, so I just wanted to throw that in. Well, let me let me add. What comes out of that is uh, Frank Gaffney. What kind of a guy is it? You said he's Frank, and I think we can agree on that. <laughs> but uh, what kind? What's his orientation? What's um, you know his uh, approach in terms of the um, you know the issues? Uh, it, would you say that he is um, looking at it? as a somebody who's sympathetic to every country or as somebody who is critical of every country where, where does he fit in terms of uh, his orientation well 
I'll, I'll answer very quickly and then hand over to Jane. But um, I want to tell you, Jay, that he is actually a conservative guy. His values are conservative values. He's a, he's a strong Christian and he's been on this particular med media trail for about 50 years. Huh. And started in radio and has a great following. Still does the daily radio show, you know, and, and very, 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 you know, alive. But his views are conservative. And he's certainly not saying every country is great, every country. No, no. He has a, he has a definite view about the way in which these countries are, are running. So, What, what does that mean, Andrew? What does conservative mean in this context? Well, we mean uh, uh, values that we all want to preserve, the, the, uh, mainly dem democratic, for sure, freedom, liberty. Remember on our opening title series, a title sequence, we had those words. That's, those are the values that we're after to preserve. And, but most of all, I'm sure you know, democracy is under threat right now. We want to make sure that we can do our bit to preserve democracy, that value. We all have to work on that. I totally agree. Yeah, Jane, you wanted to add something to what Andrew said? Yeah, I think you should. Yeah, no, it's he's just, a personality. Frank is a great personality. He is. He, he's got a very lively mind. He never stops thinking. And some of the, the language, he, you know, quite sophisticated, the little ideas that he's always saying on the side. I mean, it really keeps you watching and thinking, yeah. which is uh, what's needed. Yeah, yeah. To be, to be brutally frank is one of his sayings. Yes, brutally frank. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's more than a play on words. So, so Andrew, you, you had a list of some of the issues uh, that you have covered or will cover. Can you give us a handle on that? Oh, yeah, you bet. So, um, well, the first, the first, uh, first program, should we say, I know it's, it's not a word that's used in, in the USA, but the first episode, is all about China, the way that China's raging away. Okay. And then the second one is about the what we call the fake peace on the Korean Peninsula, because there is a bill going through Congress right now that's purporting to offer a peace on the Korean Peninsula, which is of course huge. We must have it. But we feel that what's being talked about now is going to lead to a domino effect that will actually exclude US troops on the peninsula. Once they're gone, down comes the North, the whole thing is unified. But China, of course, is the big bad brother looking over all of this. So that's, that's number two, episode number two. Um, then we've got a, a few programs that are all about conditions in North Korea, which I think everyone's interested in that. And uh, so uh, HRNK, uh, Greg Galatu, he's he works on human rights. And his knowledge of um, North Korea is really valuable. And it, he, he came from a, a country that was um, basically run in the same way that North Korea is, Romania. Yeah. And he went through the downfall of all of that. So he reflects on that. I mean, it's, it's just really interesting. Oh, I'm yeah. sure. Very interesting, especially as, uh, as uh, Andrew points out in, in our time. And um, democracy is uh, such an important, uh, yeah, yeah, yes, fragile yeah. Uh, it's a thin line. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, have you guys been to these countries? Uh, will you go to these countries in, uh, you know, in the course of developing the series? 
Well, let's answer the easy one because yes, we have been to these countries. Yeah. Everyone, including North Korea. And in, in North Korea, we went as multimedia teachers of the English language. And you can tell that we speak a certain brand of the English language, which is uh, perhaps a little different from American ways of speaking. But we were, we, were, <laughs> we were teachers of English in Pyongyang, and we went not once, but twice. And uh, Jay, the only measure of success of a visit is if they ask you back. And we were asked back. And we were asked back for a third time, but we felt that we'd really done enough. There are other countries we needed to help. We were, we were actually promoting the use of English in their schools because we feel that there will be a time when they'll come out, they'll join us. And then the English language will be very, very important that they can converse and communicate with us. That was the overall goal of that visit. Well, yeah, I thought so, what a great idea, what a, what a, what a noble cause. Yeah, that was the interesting one. In South Korea, we've been several times. Um, we lived there for a year, actually. We've been to Russia, too. We taught Russia in, uh, in English, as, English language as well, in St. Petersburg, of all places. Uh, we went to Iran, too. Iran, we went uh, talking about the way in which English would help them in their quest to join the world. And um, yeah, so those, those are the four countries which are really important in this democracy game, you might say. Yeah, you think you might you think you might go to these countries or other countries in developing a series and um, identifying um, talent, guests, and the like. Yeah. Well, um, it's it's possible, but Jay, we'd like to talk to you about your correspondence because you've got a whole flotilla of people in places, important places all over the world, and there must be a way that we can access and work with them. I would say. Sure, we can collaborate. Yeah. Uh, for now, though, uh, you, you mentioned um, that the you mentioned uh, Jane. You mentioned the second, uh, the second episode. We do have a minute or two from that. Um, you want to give us a a, a precis on uh, what that would be about and what we should be looking for and watching it. Yes, that that's explaining about uh, bills is about to. Uh, so, well, one's in the Senate, the one's in the House of Representatives. Uh, <clears throat> which are promoting uh, unification of the two careers. And everyone, as Gordon Chang says, who, who wouldn't want peace? <laughs> and it, it seems no-brainer, doesn't it? But of course, there are all sorts of ways that peace can happen. And so that second program uh, examines that. Okay, let's take a look at the first minute or two of it yep. so we can get the flavor of that particular episode, okay? Wonderful, yeah. We're noting uh, where we are. Hello, my name is Frank Gaffney. I'm very pleased to be presenting a series of programs on issues of vital importance to North Asia and the wider world, particularly as they relate to the interests of freedom-loving people in places like South Korea and here in the United States. To do that, we're going to turn today to one of our favorite duty experts, uh, Gordon Chang. He is I believe, uh, well, not only a preeminent expert on 
this region and specifically on the Chinese Communist Party that seeks to dominate it and, well, the rest of the world. He's also something of a national treasure in my estimation, and I'm very pleased to be able to continue our visits with you on this occasion. Gordon, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Frank. We spoke in the previous program in this series briefly about North Korea and the role that China has been playing in using it, well, I think of it as an instrument of political warfare. And I want to talk with you a little bit about the nature of that political warfare uh, and specifically the idea that we would see at the behest of the South Koreans and at the initiative of the United States Congress, perhaps, uh, a treaty between the North Koreans and the United States, the UN command, I guess, uh, that would end at long last uh, the Korean War. Um, I suspect you could hardly find an American who knows the Korean War isn't over. Okay, we're back. Very interesting. And uh, that's just a sampling. There's much more to come. Oh, yeah. uh, and this show will be um, on um, Tuesdays at 10 o'clock, 10 to 1030, uh, pretty much every week uh, for the next several several weeks, months. Um, and uh, it'll, it'll involve some pre-records, but also some some shows that have not yet been created. Uh, so we're looking forward to that, looking forward to your coverage and so forth. Um, and it's called, if you, if you want me to remind you, Issues Alive Asia. And does that mean, what does that mean, Issues Alive? Those are alive issues or um, oh, yeah. they're about, they, uh, they what, what does that mean? It means they're the hot, they're the hot buttons. And uh, <laughs> we, we, we think we press them. <laughs> That's the idea, sure. <laughs> so we're almost out of time, uh, Andrew and Jane. I, I wonder if I could offer you the um, opportunity to leave a message with our viewership about what you'd like them to take away from this discussion. Jane, why don't you go first? Well, it's to say to make sure you come back and watch future, watch whole episodes and to, to give yourself time to reflect on what's been discussed. Andrew? I'd just like to say that we hope that this series inspires you to learn more about Asia and the cooperation that we might make with Asia, because that's going to be essential, absolutely essential, as we move forward and get to live together in the present century. Ah, well put. And, and indeed, you know, the U.S. has to learn to be part of the world community. It cannot be isolationist. Unfortunately, there are a lot of people in this country, and we've seen that over the uh, past few years, who are isolationists and want to fold it up and fold it in. Um, we can't afford to do that either in Europe or Africa or Latin America and certainly Asia. We have to be of the world. We have to connect and engage with every country. We need to be the world's leader. They need us to be the world's leader, and we must educate ourselves. And thank you very much for your altruism. Uh, and your commitment to this project. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you very much, Andrew. Thank uh, you, Jane. Thank you, Jane. Yeah. And thank you for having us. Aloha. <laughs>